0: Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones The Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. everyone i'm guile uh i tweet at door podcast and at crispy Weep, and i'm joined tonight by chicky hey i'm chicky i am at the chick
1: on twitter and eon hey this is eon i'm eon blue negative on tumblr and lot hi there i'm lot lady of tarth hyphen posts on tumblr and returning guest mitch
2: hey this is mitch um don't bother trying to find me (laughs)
0: the mysterious we have many mysterious occasional gents um and tonight we're actually going to be covering um Tyrion 5 in A Storm of Swords and I will give the standard warning for rape discussion and for spoilers um at this point I would expect we will spoil any and everything Hmm. and this was an interesting um I know our last chapter was Tyrion 4 which um, dealt with him kind of taking care of taking care of Simon Silvertongue and in between that chapter and this chapter we kind of it's interesting we got to like some of the most iconic chapters really maybe in any of the books we had the battle between the Hound and Beric and Darien. we had the um death of Jorm Mormont we had Jamie in the Baths at Harrenhal and Hoster Tully's death so really um you know a lot has happened kind of Throughout the rest of the, throughout the rest of the books, whereas in King's Landing things have been kind of quiet, and you can see in this chapter the King's Landing plot starts to kind of wake up again. And we start with Tyrion waiting on the Kings Road with Bronn, Pod, uh, Sir Adam Marbran Lord Giles Rosby. Who also, I think, there should be a drinking game of any time in the books you read, Lord Giles, any coughs you should drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jalabar Zo or Joe or Ho. I, I don't know how to say it. And I don't know why I always think it's Joe. Is it Joe? I think Is it's Joe, to Joe too. But I thought, I don't know. I, I do it in my head as Joe, but
1: I don't know if that's I don't correct. know. This chapter, oh. his and a whole bunch of other guys, I just sort glazed yeah. over. Right.
2: Yeah. I thought it was yes. a soft J too. Like, like, like Jalabar?
0: Like oh. Oh. oh, really?
2: Like, yeah based on nothing that's just right. <laughs>
3: yeah. I love that we were all focused on the second word and like oh we didn't even think about the first I mean so if you, you know you have any
0: insights into the pronunciation of this character please let I mean, know knowing George is
3: probably like his name is probably Bernie Sanders or something <laughs> in this feel
1: the burn.
0: so he's waiting with, with he I feel like Bernie Sanders is honestly more of the Lord Giles character <laughs> Let's be real. Um, So they're all waiting for the arrival of Dorne Martell. And Tyrion thinks that, you know, Joffrey should really be doing the greeting, but apparently Joffrey can't stop telling Polish jokes, which they're Dornish jokes, but basically George has just repurposed, like, classic Polish jokes. So the one we hear about is, how many Dornish men does it take to shoe a horse? Nine. One to do the shoeing and eight to lift the horse up, which is, like... I think the Polish joke is how many Polacks does it take to turn to uh, change a light bulb? One to change a light bulb, eight to turn...
1: Are you Polish ancestry? Oh my gosh, are you allowed oh to life? tell these jokes? Because we here at Close the Door do not necessarily agree with the opinions of Guile and Subterfuge.
0: <laughs> well, as a, as a proud Polak from one of the most Polish areas in the nation, or the most Polish American nation... or Places in the nation, I feel yeah, eminently okay. Polish American. <laughs> yeah, because I know like people that like, you're not Polish. My like, guess, I'm highly aware I'm not Polish. However, <laughs> I've more than my fair share of Polak jokes. Why does the old Pol- Why does the new Polish Navy have a glass bottom boat? So they can see the old Polish Navy. <laughs> ah, i have heard any of these? No, that one was funny. <laughs> Oh. Do you feel like all the Dornish jokes are literally just repurposed Pollock
3: jokes? Take <laughs> your word for it. That's funny because I was like, "What is this?"
0: <laughs> no, yeah, no. and like shoe a horse is clearly like the Westerosi version of screwing a light bulb. Mm-hmm. Like, right, one hundred percent.
3: Oh, stupid light bulb jokes.
0: Yeah. So anyway, you can just imagine Joffrey like making these stupid jokes. Like Joffrey would so be Trump on Twitter. It's not even oh, funny. Oh man!
1: <laughs> if somebody hasn't started that Twitter account, hop on it now.
0: <laughs> There's the Cersei one that's like Trump. Yeah, the Cersei one's pretty good, but yeah, Joffrey I feel like is more of a natural. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Tyrion's had Pod studying Dornish sigils, and he's testing his knowledge and. Um, he learns that nine of Dorne's greatest lords are accompanying Doran, and Tyrion can't think of anything good that's going to come of this. And curiously, though, Pod isn't able to st- to spot Doran's gilded litter. And then while they're waiting, we get this sort of uncomfortable, like, overview of the three types of Dornish people: the salty, sandy, and stony. So the Salty are the lithe and dark ones that live along the coast. The Sandy Dornish are darker than them and live in the desert interior. And the Stony Dornish live in the Red Mountains and are lighter skinned and don't tan. And I'm just like, was anyone else really uncomfortable reading that? Well,
3: yeah, just because there's so much fandom infighting about what the fuck it all means. Plus then George wanders in and says what he thinks. And oh, God
1: where does George people like I don't where, know what did George say like about that <laughs> I, he's been
3: vague I don't know he kind of says like you know Mediterranean uh, like European people some of the time and then other times he, I, he's kind of implied North African I think he might have used the term Moorish which is yeah. like sorry about white people I don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you know one of the night there was kind of a, a distraction on how this is you know, all about skin color. We learn about the beautiful Dornish horses and this actually makes me think that he is thinking middle Eastern because um, he, they're described as smaller and lighter and more beautiful than the horses in Westeros. And basically they're Arabians. Right. Um, and it kind of makes like the renowned horse breeder, Willis Tyrell. He's kind of, I assume Willis is actually crossing the Dornish horses with the Westerosi war horses or, you know, Westerosi like Palfreys or whatever. And he's founding the Westerosi Thoroughbred, so he is now my Song of Ice and Fire boyfriend, officially.
1: <laughs> so. That's a lot of horse information. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I was reading about how people enjoyed the horse metaphors, and, like, <laughs> actually, there were, like, literally no metaphors. That was just me being a nerd about uh, the um, origins of the Thoroughbred racehorse. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's all about Willis and Oberyn, um, as if they were joining together in a million fan fictions so (laughs) they see the head horseman arrive and he gets quite a description which i'm going to read because it's almost like too much to believe so they say the dornish leader forked a stallion black as sin with a (laughs) tail the color of fire he sat his saddle as if he'd been born there tall slim graceful a cloak of pale red silk fluttered from his shoulders, and his shirt was armored with overlapping rows of copper discs that glittered like a thousand bright new pennies as he rode. His high gilded helm displayed a copper sun on its brow, and the round shield slung behind him bore the sun and spear of House Martell on its polished metal surface. A Martell son, but ten years too young, Tyrion thought, as he reined up. Too fit as well, and far too fierce. He knew what he must deal with by then, but how many Dornishmen does it take to start a war, he asked himself. Only one. Yet he had no choice but to smile. Well met, my lords, we had word of your approach, and His grace, King Joffrey bid me ride out to welcome you in his name. My lord father the king's hand send his greetings as well. He famed in amiable confusion. Which of you is Prince Doran?' (laughs) so of course it's not Doran uh, the rider introduces himself as Doran's brother come to take his place on the king's council and it's of course the fabulous and sexy Oberyn Martell who I don't know about you guys but in the middle of this description he seems like he's actually too
1: sexy for his shirt I know it was getting <laughs> hot in here as you were describing that <laughs>
2: did you skip the the sharp widow's peak part
0: that is that's later is that
2: coming up still
0: I didn't pull a pull a quote from it, because I kind of felt like I was getting a little bit too into <laughs> what George R.R. Martin looks for in a man, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty obviously um, Oberyn Martell. So Tyrion is basically like, oh shit, blood's going to flow. And Oberyn introduces his party, and he includes the women, which is great. As well as his paramour Ilaria Assan. and Tyrion immediately thinks that Cersei is going to be all pissy about having a bastard at Joffrey's wedding, which is um, ironic or disrespectful yeah. or both. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, he introduces the wi- not you know not just the women, but the lowly women. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I mean that's you know that I I like that. I don't know about you guys, but it, it seemed true to what we know of Dorne. Like, yeah, they wouldn't just be. And the women actually speak to Tyrion, too, which was good. Um,
1: The part that I, from this, when they were doing, like, the whole, all the greatest houses of Dorne, you know, were present. But Tyrion's posse is definitely not the greatest houses of Westeros. Um, What was the point of him thinking that there's this is a message that they're sending and not one that he liked? Like, that went by me. I'm like, I don't know what this means. You mean that, so... Tyrion had that thought that, you know, he went oh, out of his that. way to make sure, like, all the best of Dorne was represented in his party. But with Tyrion, he did not have, you know, high houses or high right. lords I mean, we from see, the houses. Like,
0: There's all these kind of new up-jump knights, like Braun and Sir Philip uh, Sir Philip Foot is there. I guess I kind of interpreted it as um, Dorne was, like, demonstrating their power or demonstrating... Um, that they weren't just here to eat like seventy-seven courses. Like this, like shit's gonna get real.
3: Hmm. Yeah, and I think it's a demonstration of unity from Dorne as well.
1: You know, it's like, hey, we're 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 operational. We're all on the same page. We're ready to go. Right, unlike Tyrion's mishmash of whoever's because the realm is at well, what's, yeah. they're, at, they're at war with each other.
3: Yeah, and it's like this is the best that you know Tyrion can round up. <laughs>
1: right (laughs) okay uh here's
3: my uncle's father-in-law and um oh here's this little kid who brings (laughs) my clothes (laughs)
0: um so they head to the city and Tyrion gives us his thoughts give us some background on oberon and we learn about his poisoning lord ronwood at 16 when where he got his sobriquet of the red viper his travels in the free city his time at the Citadel, when he rode with the Second Sons, and then started like his own company. Um, his daughters, the Sand Snakes, and then finally his incident with Willis. And you know, basically, this is one hell of an introduction. And you know, do you guys? What do you? Do you guys think that Oberyn ultimately lives up to this introduction that George gives him as like the most you know, exciting, interesting man
3: ever? It's funny. I was thinking when I was
0: reading it, I was like, this only holds up because
3: he dies so soon and you don't really have to flesh it all out that much you know um yeah it's one of those things where it shouldn't work and in fact it has not worked for george you know i mean like later on in the future but here Mm -hmm. it worked it worked here
0: like just in terms of dark star are you thinking yes that's exactly what i was thinking was dark Dark star Star. (laughs) (laughs) like you can't i mean yeah, when you say I am the night, like give me, or even, even on, you know, like I am the storm. Like, actually, I am the storm is a pretty good line. Like, that's a solid, that's some solid shit. And clearly, like, he's backing it up with his insanity, but, you know, yeah, like tone it down, take it down a notch, maybe.
3: Yeah, George really hitting a lot of really uncomfortable and terrible notes in this chapter. Lots of racism, racist jokes. You know, whatever this is, over the top introductions. I don't know. I don't know why Oberon works so well. He really shouldn't, and especially <laughs> in something like, in like A Song of Ice and Fire, he shouldn't work, and yet he does. I mean, uh, you it's know. And it's so
0: I, funny that he worked in the show too. Like he works like yeah. really, He was like, like he the highlight
1: so of that crazy. season.
0: <laughs> right. Like he. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, maybe it is so, just because yeah. he's gone right away. But yeah, i mean he totally works. So um, Oberyn tells Tyrion that they've actually met before, um, when Tyrion had just been born. And he relays the story about how he and his sister Elia came with their mother. And um, they're basically treated kind of shabbily at at Casterly Rock and found the rock super boring. And Tyrion was the most boring of all because uh, he had been completely talked up as this monster, as an omen of Tywin's downfall because he tried to make himself greater than the king. But as he turned, as it turned out, Tyrion, you know, was just a just a baby, and Cersei snuck Elia and Oberyn in to see Tyrion, and you know, Oberyn, you know, talks about how Tyrion was just like the sweet baby, and you know, Elia cooed over him, but uh, Cersei showed her true colors, and you know, she, she accused Tyrion of killing their mother and twisted his cock until he shrieked, and Jaime made her stop.
3: Ugh, I and, love that little detail though when he talks about how. Elia made the noise that you know girls make over what is it kittens, yeah. or, puppies kittens and or puppies or maybe, I thought it really spoke well of Elia, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah,
3: she had
1: a good and, heart.
0: You know, Tyrion yeah. is really shook by the story, and you know, in my in my notes, I you know I I think it's because of the depth of Cersei's hate for him. But what do you guys you know what do you guys think of his reaction to this? Because obviously he knows you know Cersei's not really a fan of his. Um, I, I, you know, it's the the same thing. It's probably just the
3: God. It's like, she has no low that she won't stoop to. And granted she was a kid when she did it, but still, I mean, you know,
0: by this point, I mean, what, how old was she when she murdered malaria? Hmm. That would have been a little bit after
1: this, I guess.
0: Yeah. She was just a couple of years out from being a murderer. Yeah. I mean, oh, the, she,
1: the irony she, she, is they're talking about this monster that's at Casterly Rock, and it's Cersei. <laughs> She's a monster. Yeah. yeah, She's already threatening to cut out the milkmaid's tongue, too. Yeah. Oh, was the line, a, um, a cow doesn't need, a cow only needs udders, it doesn't need a tongue. Oh. Yeah. 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 Well, and
3: it's just thinking about, you know, I mean, it's one thing for a little kid to say really mean things and it's another to go and like you know hurt a baby until it's crying i don't know i don't know i mean you know kids can be little psychopaths i know that but like
1: push a girl down down a well
3: (laughs) yeah
2: yeah why do you guys think open shares this story because it's like it is really detailed and like personal Hmm. like it's kind of strange that he would bring this up
3: I always assumed he was just kind of trying to see where he could get between the Lannisters and he thought he had a pretty good in here, but I don't, maybe he just was enjoying telling
0: Tyrion the story. I don't know. I mean, I think it, it I think it makes sense that he would, you know, see if there were, were some. Cracks. Issue, yeah. Some cracks in the Alliance there. Cause you know, he is, it can't be unknown how Tywin feels about Tyrion, for example, you know, that, that's not going to be a big shock to anyone. So maybe he is just kind of seeing where he can fit in and you know make some headway, if necessary. Because I think, um, you know, otherwise, Tyrion and Oberyn, they seem to get along. You know, they're both witty, and it feels like they're kind of having fun bantering, even though Tyrion's obviously like super worried about what Oberyn Ooh. is doing there. They're
3: definitely having fun bantering. I mean, I think that's part of the, the deal is it's just like it's almost kind of like you can tell they begin to slightly like one another, like, you know, in spite of the circumstances and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And yeah,
0: they like, have this. Oh, go ahead.
2: Like It starts out with Tyrion. As soon as he realizes who he's talking to he's or who he's going to talk to, he's like, oh, I have to be really on my guard. And then they have this like very personal moment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then we're not there yet, but like it's it ends poorly. And
0: yeah, it,
2: I, I don't really understand Tyrion. Like, I don't know. I feel like I, I guess we'll get there. But
0: so was, they have uh, a little fun bit where they talk about Tyrion's tax on whoring. And I I kind of liked the details of it that we learned it's actually a penny per act. <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> so the whore has to like collect a tax because really, you know, you can't. I was trying to think of like the mechanics of, of how this would work. Because it's clearly not like at the point of purchase, it would have to be like after the fact. So she's like, have like a tally. Okay, seat. yeah, she's, she have a tally <laughs> like, sheet, got a little tally like a receipt. It's, just, it's
3: with... like collecting sales tax on retail. I mean, that's pretty
2: much.
0: Yeah, but I f- feel like well, I guess maybe you have to like really like have a very strict order. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm want sure this, you this, this. Like, little yeah, finger yeah, yeah,
2: Would have a tally sheet. Yeah. And oh, don't you just wonder who's
0: people's. auditing this
3: and huh. Yeah. Oh, maybe they have a menu when you first walk
0: into the Warhouse and you know like a punch card type included. thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe they just include the tax. I guess that'd be in the prices. That'd be the easiest way to do it, I suppose. <laughs>
1: okay. I feel like we're able to run a whorehouse now in <laughs> King's Landing. It was just the act rather than, like, a session.
0: That seems like it'd be much easier to do on a collect-per-session basis, but, um,
1: you yeah. know, who am I to... Who are you who to question da? Tywin? <laughs> right, exactly, like, I'm not cool enough to do that. I love that they're call- they're naming it the... is it the Dwarf's Tax, too? Yeah. And meanwhile, it's Tywin, <laughs> it's like, enacting this.
0: So Tyrion wonders, you know, why Oberyn cares since he brought Alaria with him. And Oberyn tells him that he and Alaria share everything, which apparently includes a kink for blonde women, which they have yet to share. And I was wondering, you know, do you guys think that they were that George was trying to make us think that they were aiming for Cersei, you know, just oh. in the world, in the world of beautiful blonde women in the story near them? I mean, it's basically did they want they
3: say that on the show. Is that why? Because I had the same thought, but I was like, did that happen on the show? Is that why I'm having that thought? No, I don't think... Did they say something about wanting to sleep with Cersei on the show? Maybe. I mean, did
2: the say
0: that?
2: I thought Tyrion, like, suggested her. Like, oh, maybe that's it. Sort of jokingly.
0: And, you know, like, Pedro Pasquale and Lena Headey had, like, really good chemistry, so it wouldn't have been... You know, you... Who knows?
3: Hmm. I wish I... No, I don't wish I could remember. I'm happy about <laughs> everything that I forget about that stupid My, show. My yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, so Oberyn asks about the wedding feast, and there's this really contrived conversation where Tyrion asks if he's hungry, and Oberyn says that he's hungry for justice, which (laughs) makes me roll my eyes. I
3: mean, this dialogue, like, how does he pull this off? He somehow does pull it off, but it is ridiculous. Yeah,
0: and, you know, he wants justice for Elia and her children, and there's a, um, Oberyn kind of has, like, one of his little badass, um, badass quotes here that I a short little passage that I want to read um dwarf said the red viper in a tone grown markedly less cordial spare me your Lannister lies is it sheep you take us for or fools my brother is not a bloodthirsty man but neither has he been asleep for 16 years John Arryn came to Sunspear the year after Robert took the throne and you can be sure that he was questioned closely him and a hundred more I did not come for some mummer show of an inquiry. I came for justice for Elia and her children. I will have it. Starting with this Lummox Gregor Cle- Clegane, but not, I think, ending there. Before he dies, the enormity that rides will tell me whence came his orders. Please assure your lord father of that. He smiled. An old Septon once claimed I was living proof of the goodness of the gods. Do you know why that is, Imp? No, Tyrion admitted warily. Why, if the gods were cruel, they would have made me my mother's firstborn, and Doran her third. I'm a bloodthirsty man, you see, and it is me you must contend with now, not my patient, prudent, and gouty brother. This should not work. This should <laughs> not work. Like, reading it aloud especially, you're like, what the fuck? But it's I over it, the top. Right, and I think if he didn't, like, if he beat the mountain, it would totally not work, because where do you go from there? <laughs> there's nowhere to go but the fact that like he builds it up he builds it up and then he like literally is gonna kill him and then he fucks it up kind of (laughs) makes it work oh god it's so over the top though oh my god he's like more over the top than any description of any clothing that jamie's wearing just i don't know that's a high bar
2: (laughs) (laughs) when oberon asks about the food is that just, like, part of a setup so that he can say it's justice?
0: Totally, it's totally part of the setup. Like, in his mind, he's thinking of how this conversation's going to go. It's a long trip.
1: He's like, I know what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hungry for
0: justice. How do I, like, turn the conversation there? He's
2: oh, just, God. like, brainstorming this with Ilario, Like, okay, how do I get him to ask if I'm hungry then? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and like luckily you know because it has to be rehearsed because it's one of those things that you would think of like 10 minutes later oh fuck i was hungry for justice that's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, <best. laughs> what actually happen you think about yeah, the, the next day th- yeah i don't and think
2: i that rides to sounds so yeah. practiced <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you no know, it
2: is good though
0: so uh Tyrion, you know Tyrion responds to this he's like you've got 300 men and look at the city in front of you. What do you think you're going to do? And he points out the Lannisters have the power of the Trolls behind them too. And you know, Oberyn kind of reveals that you know he's whatever. And also, he and Will are Willis are basically besties. <laughs> and as he kind of explains that no reasonable person would blame Oberyn for what happened, it sounds like a like a simple jousting accident that. Willis was young and inexperienced, and Mace pushed him into the joust, and it was just an accident that happened. And there's not really a strong basis for um, for the Tyrells to really have this vendetta against him, particularly when Willis doesn't have it. I love what I love what
3: George worked in here though about Mace push, pushing his kids into stuff, as mm-hmm. you know he's literally about to push you know Marjorie into this marriage that right. clearly behind the scenes the Tyrells do not want.
0: Right, like Garland is clearly like the one that you know, like married someone slightly below him, super happy, you know, like probably behind Mace's back. Yeah, it's just it's it's an interesting
3: way to frame it that he's done it with all of his kids. He's pushed them into things that they're not ready for because of his own ambitions, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: And you know, Tyrion. Tyrion says, "Well, you know, Loras could still beat you up and." Oberyn just laughs and considers Loris nothing more than a tourney knight, And then, you know, Tyrion finally cuts the crap. Like, they're kind of done playing with each other. And he tells Oberyn that if he really wants to die with a woman's breast in his hand, he should keep a couple of blondes at Shatai's with him at all times. Um, he's sick of playing games with Oberyn, and he can't wait to make Tywin deal with Oberyn instead. Um, but he definitely wants to be there when Tywin is dealing with him. Like he doesn't want to do any of this on his own anymore, but he also wants the entertainment value of Oberyn Martell. <laughs> and that's kind of how it ends. And it, it definitely feels like the first act of, um you know, the, this is like the second act of the King's Landing plot in the book. And there, this is the beginning of the second act of the King's Landing plot in the book. Yeah.
3: So, okay. I got to ask, like, why does Tywin let this insulting like you know entourage go out to meet what should be Doran Martell and like why does he send Tyrion for this job? I can't figure out why Tywin wants it this way.
0: Because he thinks it's Doran Martell and they they don't think anything of Doran Martell, clearly. Like they don't respect him. Because you know, in Westeros mm-hmm. they wouldn't respect like a gouty man who has to ride in a litter.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean Sorry. who could they have sent instead? Like, more of the Kingsguard
1: guard, the Tyrells aren't going to
0: go. Right, if but
1: they
2: could they have, have sent, sent Cersei.
1: Quite yeah, frankly. that's true. The
3: Hand himself could have went. Yeah, why didn't Tywin go?
0: Right. Well, Tywin certainly wouldn't go. I don't think he would go to meet even Doran, just given that they would, you know, have the personal blame for him. How heated like, that um, is? Yeah, like I, mean, I think for... and obviously the Tyrells won't go because they blame, you know, the Martells for Willis.
3: How about this? I mean they could have sent Tom with Tyrion. I mean, for God's sake, anything. That would have been adorable. I'm just saying, like, it 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 is a very insulting group. Well, that he Or Kevin
0: off. for that matter. You know, we, we hear, you know, Kevin is really you know, he's really he's really doing a lot of work and he's having a hard time because of of his kids, but yeah. it seems like he could have pulled it together to go ride out to the King's Road to the King's Road. So that was, you know, yeah, that another possibility but yeah you know as far as like distinguished westerosi that are available like i was actually thinking about them like other than the actual lannisters you know the tyrells aren't going to do anything in this situation and there really isn't anyone else really you know the um i mean i guess the like the high is it the high towers and the red wines would be you know like. They'd be like the most prestigious families that would actually still be behind the Iron Throne at this point, besides Mm. the Tyrells. So there really isn't anyone, you know, there's not like a whole slew of people. Mm. I mean, I suppose you could throw like a Dick
1: and Tarly out there. Or maybe more members of the small council. I don't know. Isn't
3: there anybody bigger from the Westerlands? I mean, what, Adam Marbrand? I mean, you know.
0: Well, they're, you know, they're fighting Rob at this point. There's a cray call oh. there, but, you know, yeah, there's, you know, know.
3: kind of... I, yeah. I just, I'm just like, oh, this does seem like a weird choice, it's like, you know, made made for the setup rather than really making sense in-world to me, I guess. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, because, you know, if, jo- like, for example, if George would have had um, Cersei as a POV, I mean, that would have been a much more fun meeting to actually have Cersei meet him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially the part where he's looking for a blonde horse. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And just, I mean, I think, like, her inability to take any kind of
1: insult, no matter how well-veiled, would have just, you know, would have... Then we really would have been wrapping our heads around why Tywin would have sent Cersei for this job. (laughs) Yeah, maybe he knows better than that. But, you know, Tommen would be... Utterly adorable.
3: I don't know. It seems like there must be some way not to offer so much insult. I don't know.
0: Well, especially when you remember, too, that, you know, Marcella's in Dorne. So they can't be so, you know, they're kind of being more callous than they really should be, given that, you know, she mm-hmm. is, she's essentially a hostage there. And they're kind of overplaying their hand a little bit, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. But I think it is because they think it's Doran. Another thing that happened in this chapter that was kind of dropped in and there was no real resolution to was that Tyrion had this moment where he thought it was such a weird timing for the Martells to have visited Casterly Rock right after Joanna died. And I was like, yeah, that is kind of weird. Why? Why would they show up then? Did anybody else well, have I'd any sort of
0: figured they were on their weren't they on no, their way?
1: We
3: yeah, we know this. It's because. Um, Oberyn and Doran's mom was really good friends with Tyrion's mom and was on her way to visit her and mm. then um, Tyrion's
1: mom obviously died this was to set up marriages right
0: yeah and you uh-huh. know Oberyn and Elia's mom who there was never of course any effort made to give her a name or anything because you know why would that be important we'll have every fucking Targaryen of hair color
3: but we don't Aren't know she...
0: like their mom's name
3: don't we know her name
0: we don't. no know we know name we know malaria which is um malaria yeah mal- like their... uh wait Doran's wife. no that was their friend yeah, Doran's that's... wife yeah. yeah we don't know we don't know doran and orbran and elia's mom's name it's just the princess of dorn
1: mm-hmm. which what i mean i kind of want to know more about them and them you know like that's interesting to me but yeah All this this <laughs> Wanting to know more about
3: Dorne, explains how we got feast and dance.
0: Well, and it's funny because you think of like, what's the, you know, you know, it's weird that no one ever is like, hey, whatever happened to that Ned Dane, you know, heir to like one of the like more important, like more famous houses in Dorne, you know, like no one even mentions, like there's never any mention of him or anything, which is always kind of weird. Definitely no
3: Danes in this entourage.
0: Yeah. Right. Or even, you know, really any of the people that we're going to meet meet in Feast, which is, you know, also interesting given that maybe the, you know, and the same with the TV show, too. Like, maybe the introduction wouldn't have been quite so harsh and stark if we had already met some of those Dornish characters um, in A Storm of Swords. Yeah, no,
3: George was too busy giving shout-outs to all of his friends here to actually include some
0: (laughs) significant Dornish we know about. Well, when we get the um, the Jordan of House Tor, right? In this I'm one is one of the things. yeah. yeah I
3: think I think some of the
2: others are stuff too. I just can't remember who they are. Do you guys know? Sorry, this has been bothering me. One of the Dornish houses has a pie on its sigil. Does anyone know the deal with that?
3: <laughs> no, it's like I, a some pie of these with are the people. I think one of these is somebody he's friends. Another author he's friends. I don't remember. you would have to look it
0: up. Hot, hot pie of house pie. <laughs> <laughs> like Little a known. Script. Yeah. Little known heir of the great Dornish house. <laughs> <laughs> God, there's all these heirs and heiresses wandering the Riverlands. What the hell? <laughs> um, so anyone else have anything left with this chapter? It's one of those ones where it's all set up and, you know... We'll see the resolution, the Skittles to come. Uh, (laughs) Taste the rainbow. Yep. (laughs) The pot of gold at the end of the rainbow.
1: (laughs) Um, uh, Do we have any mail? We do. I think I'm going to. Start with the Tumblr message. It says, Hey guys, this podcast was the inspiration I needed to get myself through feast and dance. I hated the idea of being spoiled for the books I hadn't read yet, but I wanted to listen so badly that I powered through them to get to you. I've been working my way through the old podcasts and even rereading chapters with y'all. Thank you so much for the entertainment and thorough discussion. Oh, nice. Thanks. That's awesome. We have created a a need for reading the (laughs) books. Our work here is done. (laughs) Thank you for sending that in and on. And then we had one more come through Patreon. Um, Somebody, uh, Raymond, was asking how they could become a guest star on the podcast. And then is there a quiz, background check, morality clause? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, there is no background checks or morality clauses. We wouldn't have any guests if we um, enacted those. (laughs) Um, But um, if you do want a guest, you can do that by uh, emailing us and uh, Gaia will be giving out that information shortly, I believe. I will, I guess. (laughs) Um,
0: So, speaking of Patreon, you can support the podcast by becoming a Patreon. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, iTunes, all those places like that. And you can reach us whether you want to send us comments about how to pronounce Jalabar Joe or um, <laughs> criticize me for my racist jokes this episode, uh, you can email us at <laughs> close the door at gmail.com. You can find us at door podcast on Twitter at close the door and come here on Tumblr and at close the door and come here on Facebook. And I believe that's the only places you can find us maybe on the street somewhere God. <laughs> <laughs> where the streets have no name. The streets of Dorne. Um, now I'm getting like a whole Dorne Joshua tree thing, which actually like Bono as Oberyn sort of works for me a little bit. Um, it's the it's the what? hair. It's the hair, and it's um, yeah.
1: I could I could see it no. kind of. Really? Oh no. Really? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I have a. Different- I mean,
0: I, I know he's not like sexy enough, but I'm just picturing like. You know, I guess Oberon is so introduced as like a rock star basically. So and then I add the Arizona does like I, I created something in my mind, sorry. Um <laughs> I will squash it. <laughs> squash it down. <laughs> anyway, I'm on that note, I am gonna close the door. Get
1: out.